log on to Amazon and type in leadership books and you'll find 60,000 selections. So what new thing can be said about leadership? Professor Bob Gross says, look to American history and the mid 1800s, which has many parallels to America today. We hate our leaders. We don't want to talk about leadership. We call it elitist, but we're always disappointed by our leaders. I'm Irene Silber. Bob Gross has studied transcendentalism, a theory that was made popular by Ralph Waldo Emerson and Henry David Thoreau. The philosophy is essentially this, Every individual has the potential to be great and focusing on the individual leads to a stronger society, which sounds a bit like today's millennials who put much more importance on the individual than the collective and who require a different kind of leadership. Dr. Gross was a session leader at a Vanguard Dialogue. Former public TV journalist Ken Stone moderated. In a time of political upheaval, a time of technology-driven economic upheaval, a time of racial injustice, a time of women's rights, a time of religious intolerance. I'm not describing today, I'm actually describing the mid-19th century. They were living through a period of profound social changes, driven by market capitalism with involvement of producers in ever wider um, networks of from uh, conquered farmers producing for Boston markets to bought into uh, sales of uh, manufactured goods you know in regionally and then in the south and and really part of the process of globalization for one thing uh, there was a period from, the early 1820s to the panic or so of 1837, when small towns could think they could ride the tide of change and prosper and you know, shape their own futures, only to discover thereafter that um, that wasn't going to be the case with the coming of the railroad. So capitalism, the expansion of markets, globalization, that's one thing that's really orienting, uh, disorienting people's lives. Second is that uh, one time farming communities are now filling up and their kids are never going to be able to take over the farm and they're going to have to go someplace else. Third is, this is a period of um, explosion of popular and populist democracy, a democracy um, in most parts of the country just for white men only. Um, actually in Massachusetts, free black men um, had the vote. So talk a little bit about transcendentalism and right. Ralph Waldo Emerson uh, and, and Henry David Thoreau and, and this, you know, the idea of the individual versus the society. So at the core of all the changes I'm describing is an assertion of individuals, the right of individuals to make choices based on self-interest and their own values and no longer have to act within the framework of an older society to put um, an older world that put the public good ahead of the individual. That um, what you have is people are pulling away from common practices that were once um, intrinsic to a small town that was hierarchical and homogeneous. You know, people on the farm growing up got to follow in the ways of your fathers. 
farm the way your grandfather did, your father did, or you know, follow into the law firm of your father or whatever. So in this world, what's really crucial is that there was an ethic of interdependence that insisted that nobody lives for himself alone, that everyone has to put the common good above all else. And yet, that ethic is at odds with people's way people are behaving. They're choosing to act ever more on self-interest and voluntary association, but are still listening to ministers preaching the older ethic of subordination and interdependence. Transcendentalism is speaking during that moment and to that contradiction. The problem was that if people are wanting more Jack ever more on their own individual initiative, but are still inheriting older forms of, of family obligation and community um, dependence, how do they justify themselves? You may still want to act on self-interest. You may still want to act on individual initiative, but you need something to give your life a larger moral meaning. Transcendentalism, as Emerson articulated it, imbues individualism with idealism and enables you to feel that your actions have a larger purpose that may still serve society, even though you're not initially thinking about how that happens. I'd like to uh, explore a little bit this tension the transcendentalists were abolitionists. They, they believed in the value of all human beings and therefore blacks, the slaves, but they did business with the Southern plantations. Um, we wouldn't be on our computers right now talking, but for the exploitation of resources and rare earth minerals and of workers in various little scene, but crucial parts of the globe. So, we are using our iPhones and our computers and being unwilling to give them up the same way that American, white Americans in the 1820s and 1830s and beyond were wearing cotton textiles and really glad to have them and following the lead of very few people, say lead of people like say Bronson Alcott, uh, the transcendentalists um, and wearing only Lindsay Woolsey garments. Um, you know, northern companies were producing whips to be used in southern plantations and um, other iron workers and uh, were producing shackles. Now, we, we can't deny that, as and Emerson says, you know, that uh, we, we eat fraud in everything we wear and eat, you know, that corruption Thoreau says, trade corrupts everything it touches. So the issue wasn't do you support slavery or not? It's are you willing to join organizations whose ethos was at odds with your own? And so it took a, at least more than a decade before Emerson was willing to become a public advocate for abolitionism, not because he supported slavery, but because he didn't like the style of the dominant organizations. I think this is a problem we all face today when, you know, 
you get all kinds of pressures. Take a stand on this or that. And you think, are these my people? How do you, as an ethical leader, weigh, well, I'm going to do this. I won't do that. I think the key here is not so much that they're of anybody being a hypocrite, but rather ask yourself, what sacrifices does this person make? Or what compromises does that person make? Are they compromises that go to the core of your being? Or are they compromises that can nonetheless allow you to live a life of integrity and authenticity. For Thoreau in particular, the crucial question is, how can I lead a life of integrity in a society that seeks to make me an instrument of injustice or that seeks to make me deny my deepest feelings? I'm really struck by that challenge uh, when the leader should speak up. Because we're we're constantly being told that you know business leaders and community leaders need to speak up, even about things that they're not directly tied to. So the fact that uh, atrocities are happening at the border, well, yeah, I've got thoughts on it, but I don't have to talk about it. It isn't clear that someone at the head of a major corporation has any particular qualifications, by virtue of that achievement, to speak on a whole lot of other issues. And yet we're demanding our corporate leaders to speak right now on any number of issues, Black Lives Matter, uh, voting rights, um, climate change. Uh, So there's this tension that leaders always have to struggle with. One of the things I wanted to observe that um, I think is such a difficult question these days is on the one hand, we're all populist in the sense of or maybe Emersonian, in the sense of insisting that, you know, every person has a worth that should matter, and that individuals have identities that they ought to be free to express and develop. And that in this sense, we're all doing history from the bottom up. And yet, we hate our leaders. We don't want to talk about leadership. We call it elitist. But we're always disappointed by our leaders. And it seems to me, um, fundamental problem is, obviously, that you're all involved with here, is how do we develop conceptions of leadership for a truly egalitarian and diverse world? We don't go, in, in history, the people who write biographies of the greats are condemned by lots of us or sneered at as, no, this isn't the social history of ordinary people. And yet, we hate the way we're being led. If we can't develop conceptions of leadership and we're just asserting our democratic individuality, where do we go? That was Professor Bob Gross, author of The Transcendentalists and Their World, speaking with journalist Ken Stone at a Vanguard Dialogue. Dialogues and podcasts like this are just some of the benefits of joining the Vanguard Network, which organizes events, publishes content, and connects C-suite leaders. Our mission is building high-performance leadership. If you'd like more information about us, please visit our website at thevanguardnetwork.com. I'm Irene Silber. Thanks for listening.